Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Dalts podcast, where we review things like movies and TV shows. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalts. So this week, what we're doing, listener, is... Uh, so in a previous uh, podcast, I was all over Coco about, you know, let's watch... Let's review some things that I want to watch next time. <laughs> so this falls into that category almost immediately after that podcast, because we are watching and reviewing... The Disney Plus spectacular, Hamilton. That's right. A week ago, two weeks ago now, we did a Canada Day spectacular Mm -hmm. where we blew out pop culture references. uh, Which was your idea. For Canada. And so now we're kind of doing a belated 4th of July American spectacular (laughs) and reviewing Hamilton, the Broadway hit uh, written and starring Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton, founding father. Uh, it's a two-act musical. The first act roughly corresponds to his life up to and including the American Revolution. And then act two is kind of the birth of America, the growing pains as the founding fathers are trying to come up with a financial system. Do we get involved in France's war against Britain? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's kind of like the end of the revolution through his spoiler alert death. <gasps> um, I know. He's one of the immortals from the old guard. That would be awesome, actually. Ooh, how <laughs> if, cool would that be? If Alexander Hamilton were... <laughs> he just arises <laughs> right, right at the end there and looks yeah. at the camera and everybody goes, <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, George Washington is a big character through the whole thing, as yes. you can imagine. Uh, David Diggs plays uh, the Marquis de Lafayette in the first act, and then Thomas Jefferson in the second act. Uh, you have some other guys uh, who are playing, like, one British spy in the first act, and then he plays James mm-hmm. Madison in the second act. Lin-Manuel Miranda plays Hamilton through the whole thing, obviously. Yeah. Philippa Sue plays his wife, mm-hmm. Eliza, through the whole thing. Another lady whose name I don't know plays Eliza's sister through the whole thing. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's history that's not completely accurate, but <laughs> it's... Entertaining. It's entertaining. So, Daltz, tell us what you think of Hamilton. So, in, and also to add on to what you said, Coco, it's, uh, to be clear, it's just a recording. It's a filmed version of the right. stage production. So, it's they yeah. did it on Broadway, and then they had cameras present. And this was during a 2016 uh, showing, I believe. So, it's not a, it wasn't like it was last year or anything like that. This right. is a, a production with starring the main cast and everybody that... All the people in this production are the ones who were in it from the beginning when it started as an off-Broadway uh, production. I Don't quote me on this. I believe I read that Disney bought the rights for this for like $75 million. And there was like a planned cinematic release. Yes. But then the pandemic hit and they were like, well, let's just throw it on Disney+. Plus. Yep. And it's been everywhere for the past week since it got released. So, so. it was Bafo box office bonanza when it was a, a production on the on the on the uh, theater scene, as everybody knows who's listening to this, I'm sure. And then it went on the uh, the tour and toured the nation, and it blew through our uh, small uh, 
Connecticut City here. And of course, the, I looked at getting tickets for <laughs> myself and uh, my two daughters, and it ended up being like $600 or something like that. And I said, well, I think I'm going to pass on that. You're not the only person I know who had that reaction. Right. Like, in, <laughs> like a night at the theater with the kids is going to be $1,000 for crummy seats. So yeah. yeah in Hartford, no in a, thanks. In, yeah. In a, in a theater that's very nice, but it's not Broadway. Like it, right. it was a, you were paying very much for the name because it was not also Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda's troupe. It was uh, the, tr- the touring troupe. Right. So it was, I don't want to say the secondary troupe, but it certainly wasn't all the stars. So you're still, you're still going to see a fantastic show. And people that went to see it that I know, they said it was great. Um, but so, I think this was a really good opportunity for to to spread the love around on this one because people can afford to, even if you're just going to buy Disney Plus for this particular thing. Right. If you're only going to buy it for a month, you're going to be spending like seven and a half bucks, including tax for a one month subscription, right. and then you're going to cancel it. So that beats $1,000 for you and the hubs and the kids to and, to check it out in person. And I'm going to say <laughs> something that is completely uh, opposite of what I should be saying, but uh, and people are going to be offended, I bet, but... I much prefer filmed versions of these things because, yes, it's great to be in there in the theater and feel the music and everything like that, but I cannot afford seats that will get me close enough to see the expressions (laughs) on their faces and to see exactly who's looking at who and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Usually when we're in Broadway plays, and we have been to some plays and and musicals uh, with my daughters, uh, we're usually so far away that you can't really get a good sense of the characters, it's just the music that carries the story, which is why Come From Away was so great. We went, went to see Come From Away in Toronto, and it's all musical, and it's all about the vibe. And you you get a general sense of the characters because they look different enough and they dress different enough. But seeing it, seeing Hamilton this way, to me, was much more of a rewarding experience. And I'm not just saying that because it was included in our Disney Plus uh, membership and we didn't have to pay all that money to go downtown and park and everything like that and get dressed up. And which you didn't, you didn't, I'm not taking a shot, but you didn't pay for the Disney Plus uh, subscription. Right, also. I was so completely free to me. Yeah, totally. I was like living on the coattails of Coco as usual. So so speaking of the coattails, what did you think of the uh coats and breeches and all that <laughs> lovely costuming of a uh, revolutionary era. Well, uh, to finish my point on, okay, on the uh, production, it was, lot, it was a lot better because I was able to see Lin-Manuel Miranda's expressions. I was able mm-hmm. to see the interaction between the characters. And they do have um, the cameras move. So it's not just like a static camera filming right. the stage and you're looking and watching it. They do had some, they did have some cameras. They had some boom cameras and things like that that were zooming in and zooming out. I don't know how they did it because there was a couple of scenes where they were in tight on George Washington and then they went away from him and, and did a broad scene and uh, like a broad perspective scene and you couldn't see the camera. And it was really well done how they produced it and how they did it. And it, I, don't, I don't think that they... Uh, did more than one production. I think this was all in one production. So it was really well done. Uh, the costuming, uh, Coco, to your question, was very well done. I thought the uh, there are several scenes uh, where uh, the actors were dressed in all white. So they were representing yeah. sort of background and or ghosts or people that have are no longer active and that sort of thing and the, the way they played that. The... Um, the set was pretty basic, but the, the interesting thing about this is because it's the music, as we should say, if people don't know, is is very hip hop based. Yeah. So the it's not traditional show tunes type music. It, like there's a few of those scattered in yeah. and out, but it's very rap and hip hop and 
which yeah. was fantastic, I uh-huh. thought. I mean, I'm not exactly what you would call a hip-hop aficionado. <laughs> I don't have a lot of uh, hip-hop in my uh, iTunes collection or uh, any sort of digital uh, feedback in, in that way. But I do I do have appreciation for good music, and I thought that it was really well done. The first two songs are my favorite. Um, the Alexander Hamilton title song, obviously. And then I'm not going to give up my shot. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to whatever. I'm not going to miss my shot. I'm not going to miss my shot or whatever. That, that was really well done. And uh, I think it's it's fitting that usually on in some of these productions they have the what they call the turntable in the middle where you can pivot in and out of scenes and stuff like that and it was appropriate in this because it was a hip hop production so they had a turntable in the middle so it was more uh, applicable in some ways than just uh, an affectation. Look at you I'm dropping the turntable in the hip hop production. It didn't it didn't scratch though there was no turntable like you know when it goes around the people were going around with it it wasn't like it stopped and went backwards or anything like that. That would have been awesome. Yeah. So what did you think Coco? I know you were less enthusiastic about this than I was. Well so I'm I'm not a musical person I've mentioned this several times on the podcast I just I really don't get musicals I have been to them I have seen them like there's some that I like you know I, I liked this I was entertained I don't necessarily need to watch it again Again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda is clearly like kind of a genius for what he right, did, right. you know? <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's a musical, so it's whatever. Um, but, and it was, for me, it was overly long. It was two yeah. hours and 40 minutes and we didn't have an intermission like you would at an actual live production. Yeah. So if it's too, I mean, we could have paused it. Yeah, we could have paused it for twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah. you know, but we did not. Instead, there was just like a black screen that counted down sixty seconds, and then it started back up again. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be about two hours, so it kept going on and on. And I was like, Jesus! Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when is this thing going to be over? When's like, Hamilton oh going to die already? Right? Like, when are we getting to the duel? Come on! Yeah. Um, but I thought uh, the actors were all great. Like yeah. David Diggs, he was fantastic. Yeah. I read that he won a Grammy and a Tony for yeah. Hamilton. Which so he was Lafayette and he was uh, Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was amazing. He I was loved great. him. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Groff, who played <laughs> King right. George III, who was only in it for maybe eight to ten minutes total. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. Like I, he should have won all the awards as well because he was he was amazing. So he was King... George III. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually, as it turns out, um, I believe I saw him in Spring Awakening because I saw that when that was on Broadway. And it turns out that he played uh, the lead in that, a guy named Melchior. So I oh, probably wow. saw him on Broadway like 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago when he was still an unknown. And also a star of one of our previous podcasts, the Mindhunter series. Yeah. So Who you, would have known? If, if you have a guy who can play like over the top... Like Mad King George the Third, singing his head off, and then also a <laughs> crazy FBI serial killer profile profiler, like deadly serious. Like that's some pretty good range. You, so you said when he came on the screen at the first time, you said that's I think that's Jonathan Graff, the guy from Mindhunter, and I was like. <laughs> In my mind, I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I was like, no, you're on crack. There's no way that that's the same guy. Like, because the guy from Mindhunter is so late, you know, straight laced and buttoned down, and he's an FBI guy, and he's, he's a little bit quirky for an FBI guy, but he's still an FBI guy. Mm-hmm. And he's very clean cut and everything like that. And then this King George guy comes out and he's singing spittle all over the place. And, and it's like, there's no way it's the same guy. And, and it was absolutely the same guy. It was it was the same guy. Like, I, I don't forget a face. I'm like, I know I know him from yeah. somewhere. So yeah. you nailed it. It's just a matter of how quickly I can recall where I know the face from. Well, that's how it's sort of how it is every morning when we wake up and you're looking yeah. at me and you're like, 
I think I know you from somewhere. <laughs> like, which guy did I pick up last night? Well, who like, are what? you again? Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, but so, the uh, King George, so that uh, also relates specifically to what um, I was mentioning earlier in terms of seeing the close-ups. Right, uh-huh. Like, his, his facial expressions were gold. Yeah, And the totally. way he was, his eyes shifted all the time. He was like, mm-hmm. you could tell he was a dodgy guy just by looking at him. Yeah. Not just with his voice and his affectation and, and the... Sort of, it wasn't really a British uh, accent, but I think it nah. was trying to be a British accent. But it wasn't. Yeah. It, I don't mean that as a criticism. It was right. just. It, it was just the way his character talked. Yeah, it didn't bother me that that wasn't like the King's English, right? You know, right. like or I, I guess it's the Queen's English now. I wasn't so. like that's not that's not a British accent, right? It's not like, like I, Madonna trying to be British, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just his interpretation of the character. That's the way I got it, right? And totally. it was and it was just a more of like a classy American English kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, for that. Like, if the camera had stayed back, I think you could have seen enough of his body language. It would have been okay. But the camera really tightening in on mm-hmm. his face, like, mm-hmm. just made those scenes, like, completely gold. Yeah, so. yeah. And then he, there was a first, the first scene when he comes out and he gets so fired up and he spits. <laughs> and the spit ends up on the end of his chin. And then <laughs> yeah. the next scene that he's in is, like, 20 minutes later. And he comes back and the spit is still on his chin. <laughs> and I thought, originally I thought... Come on, man! You got to tidy up a little bit. But no, it was part of the like the the caged uh, insanity of his character <laughs> is that he would stay there behind the scenes uh, for twenty minutes with spittle on his chin. So um, he was first class. He was fantastic. I agree. Yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda, I think, was he was the center of all the action, and I think he was better. Uh, in this as a film than he would have been on stage because his facial expressions and everything like that and his body language was a lot more easy to interpret and to see in the film because of the close-ups. I think if you watch this in the theater, I don't think you'd get as much out of his performance. Um, his voice was probably not the strongest of the of the main characters, I would say, but it was still pretty good. Like, who am I to criticize? I'm not right. on Broadway. Um, but just relative to the rest of the cast, mm-hmm. because the rest of the cast was just so fantastic. I mean, their voices were all great. And I can't understand how they would be able to do this night in and night out. Like, they were right. dancing around. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in fantastic shape. Like, I mean, that yeah, was one no thing kidding. I noticed about the characters is even the people in the background, they all had, you know, the guys were all stoked and the, the women had the the tight pants on you could tell they were in good shape and stuff right like that. i was like those women can eat whatever the hell they want because they're burning <laughs> so many freaking calories right, right. out there for three hours just dancing their asses off yeah, like yeah i was like wow that's that's the best and singing right like and yeah. singing really well and obviously it takes a lot of breath and you mm-hmm. have to have your lungs have to be in good shape and everything like that so i was just blown away i, I mean i'm this our relationship coco and Dalton's relationship is that She's mainly the guy in this relationship, and I'm I'm sort of like the gal in that um, she loves her some superhero movies, and I love musicals. So it's kind of odd, but it it's it, this is just an extension of that. So like one of my favorite movies of all time is La La Land, which I thought oh, yeah. was fantastic. I enjoyed La La Land. Yeah, and when we watched uh, the Greatest uh, Showman uh, with the girls there a oh, couple yeah, of years I ago, I didn't watch that. I uh, I, really I was liked... like, I gotta work. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have fun watching this. I'm... Meanwhile, you're down in the basement doing your nails or something. <laughs> right, <like that>. totally. <laughs> and I uh, so I like that too. I like the music. I mean, I'm such a fan of music that mm-hmm. music and, and images together, if they're done well, I think can be really. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be going out watching Oklahoma or anything right. like that. But. And I think if this had been more in the vein of Oklahoma, yeah. I probably would have been like, oh, God, yeah. you know, that's three hours of my life. I'll never get back. But yeah. but I was entertained. Like, it was... The wordplay was really good. The wordplay was fantastic. Yeah. And 
it was more in the vein of like hip hop and pop and rap yeah, instead yeah. of the traditional show tunes that are just so cheesy and over the top right. and dated at yeah. this point, you know, so. Well, and, and when they had the rap battle there, which was yeah. essentially, was Jefferson and, and, <laughs> and Hamilton, Hamilton <laughs> trying to propose uh, what was, it was some sort of legislation that they were trying to, they were, yeah, I can't they, even they each had a position on this and it was perfect because that's what they would have done in those times in terms, not necessarily a rap battle, right. but it would have been this guy standing up and making his case and then the other guy standing up and making his case and they would have attacked each other verbally like they did not necessarily with the with the rap uh, insults like they right. did, but necessarily like the you know like the backbenchers in in British Parliament and stuff right. like that. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very much it w- it would have been like that. Um, and at one point, Jefferson literally dropped the mic right. after he said something. It was so funny. Yeah, it was yeah. great. That was really well done. That was really imaginative and, mm-hmm. and creative. Um, we should talk about the elephant in the room, which is the historical accuracy <laughs> around this. And there have been various uh, opinions about this. So the the play the musical is based on a Ron Chernow book called Alexander Hamilton, oddly enough. Which which came out about 15 years ago or so, right? It's It's been out for a while, yeah. yeah. And so Ron Chernow, and actually I'm reading his uh, biography of Grant right now, which is a huge doorstop, and I'm about... 300 pages in and I still have another 600 to go. So So Lin-Manuel Miranda, if you're looking to adapt Grant for the stage uh, called Alts. Well, I think you should because uh, I've been told I look a lot like U.S. Grant. So and he's related to uh, me through a lineage that I won't get into on the podcast. But um, uh, so apparently Chernow was used extensively in terms of uh, consultation and things like that to make sure that it was historically accurate. However, there are a lot of there are not a lot of references in it to slavery, which right. would have been a huge issue at the time. There are some touchstones along the way. Uh, they do acknowledge it, they don't ignore it, but it's not the issue that it 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 could have been perhaps. And maybe that was on uh, that was intentional because the cla- the we haven't really mentioned that the cast is largely non-white people, which I think is brilliant. I think it, mm-hmm. and it works really well. Um, so maybe that was enough of a, an addressing the issue is that we're going to own this story and we're going to tell it the way we want to tell it. So maybe that was part of it. But there's a lot there are a lot of that was the main issue for me is that the, the slavery wasn't really dwelt upon much. <laughs> I figure, you know, anything you watch that's not a pure documentary. Right. You got to figure that some like creative license has been taken. So I figured it's probably not entirely historically accurate. Like we know the Aaron Burr duel. Like if you, if you are an American kid and you went to American public school, you know about that. Mm -hmm. So, so there was some stuff, you know, that, you know, is right. But then there was other stuff like, was he really a womanizer or did, you know, he just happened to get caught with this one affair that he paid off a lady's husband for. And maybe he actually really didn't like secretly love his sister-in-law and you know stuff like that yeah, like right. uh, that could just be storyline purposes you know well from what Chernow was saying in the interview that I read is that a lot of that was accurate is that he was a womanizer and he was very flirty with his sister-in-law um, to the extent that it was presented in the musical I, I'm not sure it was all the way there but so there was there were some germs of truth along the way I think that the like you said, though, Coco, I think that with any production such as this, you're, you're buying into a little bit of creative license, right? You know that mm-hmm. they're going to take some of the juicy bits and they're going to make them even juicier. Right. And they're going to extrapolate this and extrapolate that. Like, uh, 
but I, I don't mind that. I didn't mind that. Yeah. I, don't, I think there are probably some people who went to this and thought, I never knew this about Andrew Ham- or uh, Andrew Hamilton and, and or Alexander Ham- Hamilton, and that he was this and he was that, and it wasn't really accurate. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're taking it as a pure historical lesson, which is not. But right. but if you come at it just from purely an entertainment standpoint, then if you're interested, you can look up the facts later. Right. And which fig- is what we did. Yeah, totally. So. I, w- I wasn't going to it for a history lesson. Yeah, no, but I think that the fact that Chernow was involved, yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda and some of the things that I've read said he tried as much as possible to adhere to the historical mm-hmm. lines. He's still making a Broadway play, so right. you still have to take that into account. Um, but like, if you're looking at uh, a documentary being 10 as the most accurate and one being a Hollywood spoof <laughs> of Alexander Hamilton, then this right, is like... like they just used his name and everything else was completely made up. Right. <laughs> like it's a cartoon or something right. like that. Then, you know, like you're, I'm, I'm thinking this is like a, probably a seven mm-hmm. out of 10 and probably most productions would be like a five or a six in terms of accuracy and that sort of thing. So... Um, so it's, it's a little bit better. It's not 100% accurate, but again, I don't think you're expecting it to be that. Right. I was just expecting to sit down and be entertained for a couple hours. Not two hours and 40 minutes. Right. <laughs> Which I thought it was two hours when we went into it. Like you said earlier, when we went into it, I was thinking, oh, two hours, that'll be good. We'll knock one out. It'll be a bit of an intermission, and then it'll be good. But man, it just it just kept going. Yeah. And I was... I was enjoying it, but I was like, at some point we got it. I was trying to gauge where the climax was going to be because you know when you're watching something, you're like, that's why I sometimes when we're watching things, I'll push the remote to see how much time has gone by. It's like, okay, is this going to be a dramatic moment or is this going to be just another moment along the way? Or that's when I can tell Daltz is not into it when he's checking to see like, all right, there's 18 minutes left. I can get through this. You know, <laughs> should I get up now and go to the bathroom or should I wait? <laughs> oh no, don't stop. I'm going to go refill my water glass. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I can I can hear it from the kitchen. <laughs> so overall, Coco, seeing as you're a lover of musicals <laughs> and a good gauge of this, uh, uh, tell me and, and listener what you think overall. Well, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. I will say I thought the end was cheap um, at, oh, at, tell the, us. at the very end when so Hamilton dies in the duel with Burr. Mm, which and, is not a spoiler if you know right, his history yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, his wife apparently outlives him by 50 years. And so at the end, there's like one big song and they're kind of talking about like what she did after his death. And apparently she like funded orphanages and she did all this other stuff. And um, but then at the very end, she kind of looks up into the balcony and she has this really like, ah! like gasp. And then like the lights go out. And I'm like, that's kind of cheap. Like, it's like he couldn't figure out a way to end it. <laughs> so he was like, I'll make them guess what the meaning is of this. And he put like that big gasp in there. And I'm like, I know you probably don't want to do something cheesy, like, you know, have Hamilton come back out on stage and they take hands and they walk off together into like the sunset. Like but I'm Wuthering like, Heights. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm like, that's just, that's an artificial like controversy. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't need to have that gasp there especially so, after two hours and 40 minutes right totally like i mean i think they could have ended because the the song is something like who lives who dies who tells your story i'm yeah, like yeah. that's a perfectly appropriate ending song yeah it was a great for song. a musical it was a great song. so yeah. you could just have them standing in the stage and ah, and then like the lights go out and you're done right like you know you don't need to put like some weird gasp in there so, so what was your interpretation of the gasp i don't care 
<laughs> like I really you were don't just care. cheesed off. Yeah, by it. I was just annoyed. I was like, "That's stupid." Whatever. You know, you know it like, was, all right, it's over. Thank God. Next. Well, I think it yeah. was the character uh, realizing how much people had paid to go to the see the, <laughs> right. the musical. You're up there in the balcony, and you paid like you paid five thousand dollars. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, and how much yeah. for parking? Yeah. So, so overall, I I enjoyed it. I like I said, I don't necessarily need to watch it again. Yeah. Like I would watch like Jonathan Groff like YouTube <laughs> clips because that was really just really his funny. Character, yeah. Yeah, but I don't I don't need to see the whole thing. Again, I'd, I'd, you know, sure. I'd give it like a, a B. I thought the I thought the two acts were very good, but the second act to me was better than the first act because of Jefferson's character. Because yeah. of the Jefferson character, I should say, because he he was so great and he played it to the hilt. Oh yeah. And David Diggs deserves every award he got for this. Yeah. And and in 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 a in a production such as this where you're trying to be exaggerated, like that wouldn't have worked in a movie because no. it would have come off as affect an affectation or exaggerated or something like that. Whereas on stage you have to be exaggerated a little bit so people in the mm-hmm. in the you know $1000 seats up in the in the nosebleeds can actually see what you're what you're doing. So um I thought he was. I thought he livened up that second act to improve it over the first act. The first act is also establishing the characters and mm-hmm. a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But I would give it overall. I would give it two. Uh, I don't know. High two, kicks up. Two high kicks up. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for the Radio City Music Hall. Right, the Rockettes. The Rockettes. I would give it two high kicks up. For, I'd, gi- I'd give it one high kick up. Okay, and yeah. then one kick like sort of. In the groin, or like the our neighbor who has a gold minivan with like a like a broken uh, windshield <laughs> a, wiper, a, a flaccid, the, uh, yeah, like the flaccid windshield wiper on the back window yeah. of the minivan. Like that's the uh, that indicates down to me, though. Yeah. That indicates broken. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you know I didn't love it. Yeah. Okay. So but. it's not like you know. I'm gonna give it like two windshield wipers up, you know. know. So we, we're going na- off the rails here. Our neighbors make it into the podcast. I'm sure that they're Again. happy about that. <laughs> Again, we talk about our neighbors a lot. <laughs> it's because that's all we see. It's the only people we see these days are our neighbors as we go for our walks. So, uh, Coco, do you want to take us out of here with uh, where people can find the podcast and other stuff related to us? Yes. If you are interested in listening to any of our other recent podcasts or our archives, including our Canada Day Spectacular, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Pandora, YouTube, and Google Play, soon to be on IMDb as well. We will let you know on our social media platforms when that is up and running, and our social media platforms are Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on Coco and Daltz there. You can also email us at cocoandaltz at gmail.com or find us on the interwebs at cocoandaltz.com. And I just want to say to listener that I appreciate you, Coco, for all that you've done for us in the podcast, especially with the closing there. That I don't think I could remember all that stuff. I'm sure I'm probably leaving something out, actually. So, Well, carrier pigeons. You didn't mention carrier pigeons. Oh, that's right. Smoke signals. You can find us on uh, vinyl if you're a hipster at your <laughs> local record store. <laughs> really? That's yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, the turntable. That brings yeah, us full turn- circle. Oh, Get it? Full yeah. circle? Yeah. We just fist bumped oh, and like, yeah. blew it up and you can't see that because we don't have the video podcast up and running yet but we're planning on it listeners and that that all depends on when i get a haircut actually you don't need a haircut yeah well um so for another week (laughs) another episode of the podcast thank you for joining us listener i'm not coco and i'm not dogs